Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host Trevor, and I die in the arena. <laughs> in we who are about to die. In fact, I think that's the point of the game: is dying in the arena. I mean, it's it's in the title right there. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm Jay, and I don't think I do die in the, in the arena. <laughs> you could. Uh, and I'm Josh, and uh, I I've raised a younger brother whom I cannot beat almost ever. I <laughs> lost Beyond the Sun with the expansion to him. Oh no, I'm sorry, I did beat him at the table is lava. So thanks to my ten year old for finding that game in the SaltCon library. The table is lava. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dexterity card flicker game, so we got that going for us, Jay. Okay, well, <laughs> good, good. Um, so I guess news and announcements. Um, so here's the, the latest news is that uh, the launch of Shatterpoint, Star Wars Shatterpoint was today. Um, it's a super, super busy month in the gaming industry. We have uh, Shatterpoint that released today uh there is a pokemon set in a week uh there's the lord of the rings magic game the week after that um and then there is the expectation is that the the new 10th edition core box set will release in the middle to the end of june so lots of stuff going on um so you're Josh, I feel like you're going to uh, appreciate this story and this pun uh, very much. Oh, man, what a setup. I'm ready. But Okay, so my friend Patrick Whiting, he, he wanted me to do a Shatterpoint podcast with him. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I, I need to play the game some, see what I think, et cetera. And so went down, spent a weekend playing with him and, and did have a good time. We decided to um, go ahead and do the podcast, and we we were trying to figure out a name for the podcast. And the the first one, I think uh, it was Patrick's wife who initially thought up this name, but the name that we had decided upon uh, was Chatterpoint. Is the name of the podcast? Chatterpoint. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, before we launched our podcast, someone else launched with that name. <laughs> oh, you are kidding me! Amazing slash terrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> so <laughs> then we went through 
like so many different um variations trying to think up of names and and none of them amazing and and i don't know that we came upon one that's amazing either but in a lot of ways uh it's best to just like pick a freaking name and go with it yeah yeah or do what i do now and use ai to use ai i actually i did i did use chat gpt to generate various suggestions tell me more yes excellent (laughs) so the first the one of the you know, first off, there was like ideas on something with Cantina in the name. And then we we're also going to have, you know, hopefully some sort of alliteration like Cantina Chat or Cantina Conversations. But we, we thought that was too clunky. And then, you know, we one of the ones we, I think I was in the chat with our, our group chat talking about this a little bit. But one that we uh, were looking at initially was um uh, dice wars and just having that in the the star wars logo font um and functional seems functional yeah it, the the downside is that there was a board game that that had uh that that name which you know shouldn't be surprising i guess um but did i, did I so did i tell you yet what the the name that we finally settled upon hold on i feel like I'm either having deja vu or you did tell us. Is it Jedi Swars? Uh, so, yeah, so it was initially going to be like, yes, it was going to be Jedi Swars. Okay. Kind of on the Dice Wars thing. And and, and one of our friends said, oh, you know, Jedi is kind of a, a funny pun. Uh, but finally we decided on um, uh, the Jedi Order. <laughs> uh, so. Yes. Well done. Well done. Uh, I we we have a local guy who uh, is a graphic designer, and he made uh, the logo for us. And so I'll post in the in the Discord, the Chantac Discord, in general, what the logo looks like. Logo looks like. While you're doing that, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, breaking there. breaking news, video, video game news. Did did either of you ever play any of the System Shock games, System Shock or System Shock Two? I tried. I don't think so. No. Did you play Prey? I think so. Anyways, because Prey they said was a spiritual successor to System Shock Two. I just blows my mind. This is Trevor's fault because I started looking at the Steam store because I was looking at We Who Are About to Die, but I've literally just learned that they did a one to one remake, so like fresh graphics of the original system shock with the original voice actor of Shodan, who is the villain of the, anyway, that went straight on my wish list. I, that is amazing. So if you want another game, Trevor, that is punishing and actively hates you (laughs) system shock, baby. All right. I'm coming to look at Jay's logo now. Okay. Maybe you can sit in judgment of, I mean, was it designed by AI? Because, again, that's all I care about now. <laughs> uh, oh, that's actually that, pretty solid. Wow, that's actually... Yeah, um, I wanted to judge it, but I can't. Uh, Nigel said that he's he started using some AI tools and designing tokens and stuff, and he's like, it's over. Art's dead. AI's going to take over. It's too good. <laughs> <laughs> well, for some stuff, like, even just for, like, a... I, I tell my... I think we've had this conversation. Like, I tell my daughter, I'm like... I wouldn't hesitate to use this for a rough draft. Like right. I've used it for rough draft stuff for business already. Like 
and you know then do i have to clean it up basically sure but like it it gains me hours at a time sometimes right so my boss used it to write a formal report basically he just used he cleaned it up after he wrote the Mm -hmm. report but yeah i mean like they just they do some pretty amazing things and they just keep getting better too that's the other thing that's just kind of like oh my lands so yeah it is interesting to me that like one of the um one of the big parts that is um part of the uh the strike that's going on with the writers in hollywood is um the is it kind of from that well there's a lot there's there's a lot that's going on with it um but definitely part of it is um they're wanting to get in rules that are like hey our we don't want our jobs taken over by uh, by skynet basically see i I think that's kind of short silly yeah because the truth is is ai can make their jobs easier and it's Mm -hmm. not ai is not going to take your job away it's going to make your job easier or improve it and you can use it but at the end of the day ai doesn't write reports or make art that's perfect you're still going to need i mean I'm, i'm i'm not sure trevor if you've watched a hollywood sequel before (laughs) <laughs> well that's the writer's fault not the ai's fault. yeah yeah, yeah no, I'm kidding. well i mean look every nothing is new under the sun right this has all been done right. before it will all happen again i mean this is just it's it's luddites over and over again and like i i frankly will defend luddites sometimes like uh, and you know that the, they may need to be defended here a little bit yeah um i mean the uh, I mean, the the truth is, is AI could do nine tenths of my job, but that's fine. I'll let it do nine tenths of my job. I'll clean it up. I'll make it better, and I'll turn it in. And yeah, my job I, mean, is I have I way. have read a fair bit about AI and what it's going to be like and what it's going to do, et cetera. And at least right now, it's it seems like the things that are going to be most successful is when it's something that's in uh, collaboration of an AI and a human working together. I personally think that the three of us should create um, our AI voice clone or whatever, and and see what a pot, what a chain effect podcast <laughs> with with AI would be like. It would be hilarious. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Yeah, I, yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, I mean, be funnier than us. So that's like yeah. straight up Skynet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that obviously that would be behind the paywall. Obviously. <laughs> Yes. Um, so anyways, I, I recorded the first episode of Jedi Sorter. The Jedi Sorter. Um, I'm in the process of trying to get, you know, the website set up and all the hosting, etc. Um, uh, but hopefully next week people will be able to uh, be able to listen to it. Uh, okay, I before am... we jump into the main topic, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Um, and it might be it. more for Trevor, I think, but I, so I went, I got to go see, um, across the spider verse last night. And one of the trailers was for a Gran Turismo movie. Did you see the same trailer, Trevor? I've seen the trailer multiple times before then, but like, yes, that, I were saw you it already again. engaged in this and you're yes. like, this is a real thing and I want to watch it. And like, I'm like, first of all, I'm like, this is an incredible piece of video game propaganda, but mm-hmm. also Holy cow, I want to see it because what a f- crazy story. Like, were you, you not aware of the story? No, to... no, oh, this is the first okay. I'd ever heard of the story. So I'm just like, 
the fact that some kid played video games and then was good enough to become a real racer, you know, and I get that there's more to, I mean, it's like, it's like karate kids, karate kid meets the wizard in real life. <laughs> the last starfighter, Josh, come on. Yes, it was sitting it there oh, waiting yeah, for you right there. And you missed it. All right, fine. Uh, well, AI, I was that last piece of script that I just said. So there you go. So I was as good. Yeah, I was aware of. Uh, so I was aware of the original story long ago. I mean, I knew. Okay. When it had happened originally, I I was aware of it. Um, Which how long ago was that then? Um, We're talking years ago. Yeah, it was quite a while ago. Okay. Um, I want to say probably fifteen, maybe years ago. Did they did they ever do the thing again, like the contest or whatever, or was that just like a one time thing? I resulted don't in this know gentleman the who's a to that. championship racer now or whatever. I, I don't have the answer to that. Anyway, so it was it was um, amongst. I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I'm sort of surprised that you didn't know about it because it was fairly sizable news amongst video gamers at the time. So any, anyway, 15 years ago, I mean, I come in cycles, so maybe I was on an uh, off cycle at that time. I mean, uh, listen, I'm an old man, so 15 years might have been 25 years. It might have been five yeah, years. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're I live right. in this timey-wimey thing where I'm not exactly certain <laughs> how long ago it was. Um, but yeah, it was it was sort of a big deal when it when it when it was announced and and you know some of the sentiment that you see in the trailer about you know that's silly, that's never gonna work sort of thing was quite strong at the time and um so yeah i i was not aware i knew they were making a gran turismo movie i was not aware that that's what they were basing the movie premise on um until seeing the first preview um and so yeah i'm I'm pretty pumped to watch it i think that it's going to be um it's at least a reasonable premise to make a movie out of whether or not they execute it well i i you know i don't know but yeah I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'll see it. I don't know if I'll see it in the theater, but definitely as soon as it's available on streaming, I'll probably buy it. Reasonable. All right, Jay, you may advance to the main topic unless okay, someone else so, has ways they want to distract me further. No, I, I think we're ready for you guys to uh, pitch games to me that I will nod my head approvingly <laughs> at and say that I'm interested in. We're also basically pitching that you should be a premium member of Board Game Arena so that you could also not use that service. So let's start with that, because I think this is a good topic. All right, I'm I'm ready. Okay, so Board Game Arena is a website that has board games on it, and for $5 a month or $30 a year, actually, monthly it's more than that, but for $30 a year, you can be a premium member. Okay. Okay. Uh, pr- premium only means that you can start games that are premium games. So, so as a normal member for free, you can play all the premium games. You just have to have a premium member invite you. So in theory, Jay, you do not need to be a premium member at all because you're talking to two premium members on this sure. podcast right yes, now. Yes, that's right. I, this is, I'm sure this is going to surprise you, uh, but the $30 subscription is not the stumbling block. <laughs> okay i don't know what the stumbling block is but let me continue okay so, on, so on this website it's, it's jay using digital media for any type of game i've decided uh, no not necessarily i mean i okay so <laughs> the reason why i love board games is because i like to get together with my friends 
play a game with them, socialize with them, etc. The reason why I hate Tabletop Simulator is because it sucks every ounce of joy that one could experience playing a board game. Tabletop Simulator sucks. But how much of that, yeah, that, I mean, I agree with Trevor, like, because my question to you, Jay, I get it, and and I totally respect, I mean, that's why I'm literally at a two-day, you know, board game convention, because absolutely a game played in real life has way more value than a digital form but like i am curious like how much of the joy that tabletop simulator sucks out of you is just the failure of the ui i mean it is a huge portion yes i have played i mean you know i've, I've played through the ages on on the ipad and I, I i just don't love that game as much as you guys do and so it's tough for me to say um you know what's what and and even like twilight struggle yes it's a good implementation but it's just kind of like kind of mad to me so i don't know what to say about that i'm actually curious the one that the one that i would be curious to have you try with us now jay that i'm thinking about it is arc nova because we've played what three games of that now trevor yeah man i suck at it too for the record (laughs) i mean so okay you're burying the lead on me here (laughs) and uh arc nova is on the service correct and does it suck the implementation I did not so, find it to suck. I when I said suck, that's me. I personally suck. So there is one caveat that I will provide. I play a lot of board game arena on my phone. Okay, I take my turns on my phone using my Chrome browser on my iPhone. And one of the issues with Arc Nova on the phone is that it uses it. It truncates the cards to some degree. So if you don't know what a symbol means mm. in the physical game, you would have the um, card to read the text. Yeah, yeah. On the mobile version, there's no text. And it's sometimes hard to get the mobile game to bring you the tooltip up that shows you what the text says. On the desktop version, if you go it's to flawless. a... flawless. Yeah, it's flawless. But on the on the cell phone, sometimes it's not great. You can solve the problem by going to your iPad or using a desktop and playing and, and reading the card there. One of the ways I got around it on the phone is there's a website that some guy made that has it's an index of all the Arc Nova cards. Sure. And I just had I had a second tab up. And if I found a card that I wasn't 100 percent certain of what the card did, I looked it up on that guy's website found the card, read the card on his website, went back and continued playing. So that is one little caveat. But other than that, if you know what the cards do and you've played enough Arc Nova that you recognize everything, the mobile implementation is great. I've had, I had no issues with it whatsoever. All right. So what I'm hearing is we can invite Jay to play Arc Nova with us and he can at least tell us how much he despises this service or not. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we could even hit him like a slow pitch. There's um, Race for the Galaxy is on Bard Game Arena. Jeez, I didn't uh, even think of that. And I'd probably rather start with Arc Nova. That's fair enough. That's good. Uh, all right. So now that we have unburied the lead, do you want to continue the pitch, Trevor? Sure. So the other pitch, part of this pitch is that it's turn-based. And if you enable it to do so, it will email you when it is your turn to log on and take your turn. Okay. It will not spam you with email, like I mentioned in the uh, bonus episode prior to this episode. I'm in 11 different games. If I have 11 <laughs> games waiting for me, 
I get one email. If I choose to ignore that email, it doesn't continue sending me emails. Like, let's say I, I got the first email when the first game it was my turn. After that, the other 10 became my turn. I don't get 10 more emails. It just assumes that, hey, when you show up, you'll see that you have 11 games waiting for you. Yeah. So um, so anyway, I feel like that it's, it is not invasive, at least for me, the amount of communication it lets you know. In fact, I wish it would tell me a little bit more frequently when it's my turn. Um, anyway. You can play in real time if you want, but almost I've yet to run into a game that won't do turn base. They all do it, although some of them are more difficult than others to do a turn base. So two of the games that we've been playing, Josh and I have been playing on this service, is Clans of Caledonia, uh, which I do own and have played in real life. Um, and the other one that we've been playing is called Carnegie, uh, which sounds far less interesting than it actually is. But both of them are... I would call them worker placement, um, Carnegie more worker placement than Clans of Caledonia, but they're very much um, economic engine builders, um, and there's great depth of strategy to both of them. Which one would you like to talk about first, Josh? Uh, let's start with Clans of Caledonia because uh, that one we, you know, like you mentioned, we've played in real life and on um, BGA now, and anyway, so I, I, I kind of want to compare and contrast that a little bit okay so clans of caledonia is a kind of victorian era um scottish highlands clans um doing agricultural things and shipping that stuff out of scotland to make money it was kind of the transition from agricultural to an industrial economy right i mean that's a little bit the story of the game right um so you you pick a clan that you're belonging to, and each clan has unique powers. Um, you can grow um, clan Stewart for life, for the record. <laughs> um, you can uh, have ranches with um, sheep on it or cattle. You can use the milk you get from the cattle uh, to make cheese. You can grow grain, and then you can turn that grain into bread or to whiskey. Um, you can also mine. Uh, or far or uh, cut wood. So those are kind of the options you have, and you um, have this map that you sort of building your clan out, and you try to fulfill contracts. And I'm simplifying it way down, um, but I mean, really, the goal is place workers on the board, ship goods out, and score more points than your opponent. So that's the simplified version of it. The, and the part that uh, I don't think you didn't mention, which I think is one of the coolest things about it, is the market, right? Oh, yes. So the market is quite good. Yeah, there's these six goods. Um, let's see. Raw goods, I guess, which is wool, grain, and milk. And then processed goods, which is bread, cheese, and, and whiskey. And it has this um, element where one of the actions you could take is to buy or sell one of these goods. And you know, when you sell them, their price goes up. And when you buy them, the price goes down. And so it, it really, like, I'm so mad at what you did to cheese in our current game, Trevor. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Um, yeah, the manipulating the market is one of the parts that's pretty important to the game. Um, you cannot manipulate the market in a way which you can't buy and sell the same good in the, the same round. You could, however, say buy it in one round cause the price to go up and then sell in the next round at the higher price. And you can buy multiple of something. And when you buy it, 
um, the more you buy, the more it goes up, but you get it at the, so let's say, for example, cheese costs, say, eight gold per per cheese. If you were to buy three of them at one time, you get them all at the cheap price of eight, but then they would go up three steps because you bought three of them. So it would go up to, say, 11 each. So at that point, if you saved them till next turn, you could sell all three at 11. And then they would drop three places after you sold the, all three of them, um, and they would go back down to eight. Um, anyway, it, it does a really good job of taking a very simple idea and making it feel more like a much more complex market. And it does a better job of it than most other games that I've played do. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, now, one of the things that you and I were talking about this the other day, Trevor, but there's there's quite a lot of variability um, in the real life version of the game, right? Because uh, you can have the map be pretty pretty different right there's like what are there like eight different tiles that can be put together to be a map and they're two-sided or whatever yeah and so there's one of the things that's on board game arena is like you you're only ever going to play on the same map and the only thing that will change are there's four ports in the four corners of the map and they grant different one-time abilities you know if you build your clan out to be adjacent to one of the ports right so right Am I remembering that right about the very uh, kind of the variability of the map? So there's only four tiles, but they're double sided. So there's That's, technically okay. eight, yeah. eight different options, and the way they get oriented is predetermined. So there's those little corners that have to be in the center. So you can flip those either way. So essentially, there's 16 different potential combinations. Um, so it's not infinite because they have to align in particular ways, which makes the sort of water always end up being in the center of the map. Um, but there is quite a few that you don't see in the online version. And I, you know, as you mentioned in the bonus episode, that's one of the things that, you know, playing it on Board Game Arena doesn't give you the full depth of the game because of that variability that you get in the full depth of the game of the map. Um, but yeah, as far as I've seen, the map is always identical in the Board Game Arena version of it. So which is interesting because it sort of has made me develop some some tactics that I would never use in the tabletop version because I know how the map breaks down, I guess. Like I, I, I always kind of play in the similar locations every time because I know how the map is going to unfold. And that is not at all the way it plays in real, the real life. Real yeah. Life. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause the, the map is never going to look like that or rarely going to look. It's not like always going to look like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So one, one of the things that I'm, I think is, most interesting about clans though is the contract fulfillment you can do a lot of manipulating of the market and so like the number of actions available to you sounds it's way more than what you think it is when you first sit down to go to play the game all right jay i hear questions coming from you i'm so excited yeah i am curious what uh so out of 10 can't give a seven what uh what number do you assign this game so out of games that are similar to it, which I would say are like sort of worker placement, economic games, this is probably my favorite of all time. I think it's a, honestly, I think this is one of the more masterful games in the genre. I'm trying to think, name, what are two games you would compare it to, Trevor? Uh, I'm going to look, up, I got to think about that because I hadn't really thought. Anyway, I, my, my, Initial reaction to that question, Jay, is an eight. Like, it's been an eight for me. I mean, I've actually lost track of how many games of it we've played at this point, though, Trevor. Like, we're so, easily at a dozen, aren't we? Gates of Lo Yang would be one that I would say is very similar to it. 
In fact, that's probably the one I would say is the closest to it. Is that fair? Gates of Luoyang? Yeah, I've only played Gates of Luoyang once, though, so I can't. Well, Jay's played it more than that, though, I think. Um, right? Gates of Luoyang? Yeah. I, I've i only played that a couple times. Um, I mean, well, Lahav is probably similar. Okay, I've played a ton of Lahav. I could see Lahav. I think that's a fair comparison. Yeah, okay. That. Like, I was trying to decide if you would do, like, Feast of Odin or... Um, I have not played Feast of Odin. Oh, so. freak. What's the other one that's... Oh, Agricola. Although, I was trying to decide if, if it was in a, an Agricola vein, and it definitely is however, better than Agricola. Feast of Odin is on Board Game Arena, so I need to play it. Oh my gosh, Trevor, it's our next discovery game. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, I think that Lahav is probably a little more complex than Clans of Caledonia, but I enjoy Clans of Caledonia more. So for me, Clans is probably like a nine. I certainly love Clans way more than Agricola. I don't, I'm yeah, not a big fan of Agricola. For sure, for sure. Well, the other thing I will I, say in its favor is like the, the number of Clans also adds just enough variability even even just on the the board game arena implementation, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. All right. Next Which question. I, Jay. So, I'm trying well, to. Josh, Josh gave an eight. Trevor. I gave a nine. He said nine. Yep. Nine. Okay. All right. I mean, that was my, those were my questions. All right. All right. Do, I haven't paid attention. Are all the clans on? Like, I don't, I don't think, think the I don't think the Kickstarter bonus ones are on there, but but I can't remember because I feel like the last time we played, you were playing them. Check. The the beer dudes. Is Clan McEwen, are they not the Kickstarter bonus one? I don't remember. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pull the box out and look. All right. Well, you, you, can, you can report back to us later on that. All right. We are ready for the next pitch, I believe, right, Trevor? Sure. Let's talk All about right. Carnegie. Let's do it. So we, Carnegie... We're playing this one. It's Trevor's fault that we're playing this one. Like, why did you even want to play it? So when I logged on to Board Game Arena, when you said I'm back on Board Game Arena, because we've played Board Game Arena in the past... Um, but it had much less games at the time. When you said, hey, I'm playing board games on Board Game Arena, and I logged back in, the first thing I did was I went through, and there's 650 games on Board Game Arena. I um, added a bunch of games to my favorites, and they were all games that I'd played before. Clever, Uh, clever. But I was like, I want to make a second list of games that I've not played before that I'm deeply interested in. And... So I went to make that second list, and it told me you can't make lists unless you're a premium member. So uh, <laughs> anyway, now I'm a premium member. So then I made a second list, and basically the second list was games on Board Game Arena that I wanted to try. And um, I just started adding games that it was recommending to me and games that I'd maybe only played once or had, had always wanted to play. And I just added a bunch of games to want to try. Well, one of them I added was Carnegie. And um, we had been playing a bunch of different games, and I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to pitch a game to to Josh that I don't know if he's played before, but it's on my list. And I have a bunch on that list. And honestly, I I haven't pitched most of them. This is really the only one I've thrown out to you thus far, but there's a whole bunch on it. Um, and I don't know what made me decide to pick that one first. To do this one I, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, did. Well, we should definitely compare lists soon because I also have such a list. It is the <laughs> to try next list. So I'm, I'll just run down mine because I have 6, 12, there's 17 on it. So I can go through it pretty quick. Okay. It's a, it's a Wonderful World, Castles of Burgundy, Earth, Welcome to Your Perfect Home, Feast for Odin, Viticulture, Downforce, Caverna, Cave Farmers, 
Uh, Carnegie's still on here, but I, I'll need to take that off. It needs to go to my favorites. Uh, Rallyman GT, Draftosaurus, Santorini, uh, Lagrangia, Automobiles, Super Fantasy Brawl, Keyflower, and the King's Guild. Jeez, you have dug in way better than me. I didn't even know some of these were on there. Yeah, the, I went to. So it's hard because sometimes it filters like it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta to go you. to like all games and like really dig, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't. There was a bunch of them that I didn't know were there until I went to like the the full 650 list because it was it was curating what it was giving to me, and I'm like, I okay. don't want you to curate. Yeah, Tell yeah. me everything. <laughs> show it show it all to me well i will i will say a few more that were not on your list um space empires i didn't know that was on there either yeah it's a 4x game that was created by gmt and i owned it for years and never played it and i'm like oh my gosh if i can play this on board game arena (laughs) that would be the greatest thing ever so board uh, space empires that's probably my top that i'm interested in obsession which is basically it's basically um Downton Abbey, the work replacement game, I think. <laughs> um, Anachrony, which is a time travel game. Okay, I'm aware of that one. I don't know uh, why that's not on my list. but City of the Big Shoulders, which I, to me feels kind of Carnegie-esque. Okay. Um, and then two more, uh, My City, which is, a, I think, a legacy um, Tetromino game. Like, it's a city builder slash Tetromino, and it's by Reiner Nitzia. Okay, I don't know how I've never heard of it, but... And then the last one I have is Barrage, which is a economic game. I mean, it's 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 in the vein of, like, um, power, power Grid, I think. You know, but it's about dams and stuff instead of power plants. I mean, I guess dams are a form of power plant. So anyway, that mine, mine is short. I'm going to have to dig into the, the full... So, I, yeah, how did you get to the full list? Because I um... click on all, all games... And then it like gives you kind of curated lists still. It does. So if you click on games and it takes you to your curated list where it's like tell you ask you do you want to play this? Here's our latest game on board game arena. You have to scroll all the way to the bottom and there's a category that's called all games and then okay. you click okay. click view more on that now and I it will found it. It will take you to the full 650 games. You know, if drug dealers had a service like that, they would be doing a lot better in life, I think. Because this thing is basically just a giant first first try free. You know what I mean? Because part of what I have enjoyed, like like so, Trevor and I. Well, you you know I've only played a couple games of Beyond the Sun on here, right? Yes. My brother and I have probably played ten, and so then we met up at, at SaltCon. So does, does he feel bad that I beat him by like forty points? Oh yeah, we. Game? That was our first discussion when we met each other this <laughs> afternoon. We're like, we got waffle stomp. That's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. You you freaking destroyed us, and you can't even say that you're a squirrel or a blind squirrel trying to find a nut anymore. Because oh man, no, I definitely knew cats. what I was doing that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but what what I was saying is that um, it, I felt like it made me better prepared to play it in real life. You know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah, it was super easy to set up. Like it was. You know, a lot of my memory was pre pre jogged, I guess is the way to say it, right? Like, and so I I kind of really appreciated that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, so prior to Board Game Arena, I'd only played one game of Wingspan. My wife and I have played probably four games of Wingspan now. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And um, I, you know, if if somebody said let's play Wingspan, can you teach it? Prior to this, I would have been like, 
Uh, yeah, hand me the rules. We'll fumble through it, and I'll screw up all the rules. Right. Uh, um, now, I'm pretty sure I could sit down without even needing the rules. And the funny thing is, is um, you know, it's not like I relearned the rules or anything. It's just the game takes care of all the rules for you. So anyway, we're getting a little off topic. Carnegie. Yeah, so Max Car- Carnegie. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. So Carnegie is... Um, it's based on. I'm going to give you the the elevator pitch that it gives. It, it's inspired by the life of Andrew Carnegie. Um, you know, you basically you're playing a philanthropist. You're building your business, but then the, the the kind of the core point of the game is to give money back to various charities. So the way you score big points is by um, making donations. Making donations to um, these charities, and that's kind of the core of the game. Um, but to, to do that, you really have to build your business. And, and so there's some area control elements to it as you're trying to control sections of the U.S. West, Midwest, South, and East. Um, and um, one of the cool things is the your game board, the part that you play on, is this big four-story office building. And on this office building, there are um, departments. De- departments. And you st- start with with default departments, but then you can expand your business by adding additional departments. And each of these departments go onto your board, and they add additional actions that you can take. Or shouldn't maybe I shouldn't call them actions because the four core actions capabilities. Never I would say, yeah. Yeah, but they expand those four core actions. So each department you add, for example, like human resources gives you you can move your your meeples around that building or. There's another card that lets you add more meeples to your organization or um, does various things with those meeples. So one of them, one of the actions you take is human resources. One of them is management, where you sort of use your management skills to um, earn, produce goods, sell goods, goods um, expand the business. Um, management kind of covers various different things. There's construction where you uh, expand into the different parts of the um, America. America, yeah. And then there's research and development, which help you to um, improve your different businesses and improve um, your infrastructure in, in America. Anyway, it's, it just does a really good job of forcing you to make tough decisions. And honestly, we've played it, are we on our third or fourth game? I think we're on our fourth game and I I don't think I've ever felt like the choice I was making was the right choice. Ever. <laughs> like every time I choose an action, I'm like, this is a horrible choice. I should make a different one. Then I look at the other options. I'm like, these are all bad choices. I'm not well, making the optimal choice is never there's never an optimal choice. One of the things I feel like maybe you didn't mention that I think is really interesting is like when you choose the action, like it, it, it's weird because you're choosing this combination of um, an action and also potentially an area. Right. And so it's like, yeah, I feel that some way. I'm like, OK, oh, I, I really need to do my I really need to do my R&D action. But oh, it's going to take me to the Midwest. And Trevor's got a bunch of people in the Midwest. He's going to make a bunch of money. And I haven't sent any people to the Midwest. Like, why did, you know, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, you you kind of have to do this look ahead thing. Like I'm looking at our current actions and I'm like, frick, if I don't put some people in the Midwest right now, apparently I hate Chicago, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble basically. And so I, I honestly, I don't recall a time in the, in the game where I'm like, everything went right that turn. <laughs> Amazing. 
And the other part is, is sometimes, you know, part of the game is taking the right action when your opponent doesn't want you to, when they're not prepared. Yeah, like, as a matter of fact, I did feel like I, I recently just took a really good um, R&D action and got really far ahead in um, uh, one of the transportation networks, right? And and you didn't get to go as far, and so I felt I felt pretty chuffed about that. Uh, I was feeling pretty cool for that one brief I, moment. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it ever hurts you, but I almost always love to take human resource actions like immediately after you take a human resource action, hoping that I'm getting more value out of it than you are. Oh, the time it hurts me is when I have used human resources to move one of my employees out of human resources, and so <laughs> all of a sudden I have way less movement ability. Yeah, that has hurt a time or two. I mean, I have no idea, you know, if I'm doing anything good or bad because I really I still haven't figured this game out, but I've enjoyed every part of it. Yeah, the discovery has been really, really good. So anyway, it feels like a very solid, you know, um, economic euro to me. I think the best part about it so far has been how difficult it's been to figure out. You know, I've spent more time trying to figure out the (laughs) matrix. I think that's part of why I wanted to get Jay's brain banging against it. (laughs) You know, like from the days when he first discovered Power Grid and basically became like, you know, deep blue of Power Grid. I'm like, (laughs) I like to watch his mind digest this kind of crap. But we'll start with Ark Nova, Jay. Excellent. Per your suggestion. So what is, um, what's what's the number grade that you guys have for... Carnegie. Oh, feels in flux for me still. Like I want two more plays of it. Uh, yeah, you know? I'm. But like I'm currently, s- if I can't pick a seven, I would go six. Oh really? If I can't pick a seven, I would go up. Okay. To an eight. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. think I don't think it's a six. <clears throat> but I I don't I don't really know. I guess I'm I'm in the same boat as Josh. Like I still the the jury's still out. I will say that. The game just came out last year in the board game. It is already ranked 132 on Board Game Geek. It was a overall... Kickstarter, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. With a, with an overall rating of 8.1, so it's it's well beloved so far by the board game community already. Um, so I think that the eight that they're giving it is probably more accurate than the we're not sure rating that we're not giving it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, because it feels like what it's competing with are things like. Brass, uh, Power Grid, obviously, is an older one. Um, I feel like there's one other, like, really solid economic one. So Here, what, one here's of the what things I want to know, Trevor. To me. If, if John Company were on this, would you want to play that or Carnegie? John Company. <laughs> Correct answer. Actually, uh, here's the problem with John Company, though. I feel like a big part you of You would want to have five or six people. That's the problem with it. No, no, no. The problem with it is that the the big part of John Company feels like some of the interaction that happens at the table, and you that's true. Completely yeah, completely wipe that out when you go back to, to Jay's original point. Well, to be fair, you could. I mean, Board Game Arena has, I believe, it has voice built in. You can do you real time. Actually, yeah, that's you can do real time with voice. We just we don't because it's easier to take my turn on the toilet at work than it is to you know actually log in for two hours and play with people. Plus, it gives me something to look forward to every ninety minutes. <laughs> you take more turns than every night some people watch. take coffee breaks i take board game arena breaks <laughs> <laughs> I, so i'm curious to wrap things up what what is your number grade one to ten can't do a seven uh on 
board game arena. And we're basically comparing it to things like tabletop or tabletop simulator, um, Botajo. What's the other service that's a web-based? I mean, I was just, I'm just thinking that out loud. I, I know what my number is already, but like it, it's a solid nine for me at this point, Jay. It it just does such a good job at adjudicating the rules. One of the ones that you had on your list, Trevor, to try next. I've actually played half a dozen games of it already with uh, Jordan. And that's the um, It's a Wonderful World. Great little drafting game. Would love to play it in real life because it's just like beautiful art, but like it plays so quick and it plays so quick on Board Game Arena, too. But what, like, what was, what was the site that we were playing? Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember the name of it. Mm. Not Through the Ages. Yeah, Through the Ages. Well, Through the Ages, we've been playing it on the app, which is still to me the best way to play it. Is that um, what we were playing it on? Is on the app? I'm almost oh, yeah, positive. I guess it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the other. Oh, I know the other board game service I was thinking of is boardgamesonline.net. We used to play a lot of things on, and the other one is. Um, well, there's Tabletopia. Tabletopia, as well. but I've never really played anything on Tabletopia. What did we used to play um, Cuba on? I'm pretty sure that was on Board Games Online. No, maybe that was on Botajo. I think it was on yukata.de. You're right. There it is, Yukata. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, I, I'm putting Board Game Arena at this point above all of those, Jay. Okay. And and absolutely, recency bias is probably a thing because <laughs> you are talking to me. Yes. But I, I just have, like, it's been so much easier. Again, and for me, what's been easy about it is just kind of the the turn-based uh, ability of it. it. It just adjudicates things so well. It feels clean. You know, the UI feels clean. I don't know. Um, one of the things that helps about it is the sheer number of games. So a lot of the other services that we've talked about have a much more limited number of games. And a lot of the games that they may have might be limited. Although I will admit there's some games on some other services. Like I would... Like Tabletopia has over 2,000, I think. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. I, Tabletopia. But again, the UI has always been crummy to me. Or maybe it's their subscription model that I didn't like. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's Tabletopia's subscription model that I didn't like. And some of the – I I mean, it's been a while since I've been on there, to be fair. Um, but some of the interfaces on some of the games were less than stellar as well. Uh, one of the ones I do miss is we used to play a lot on Yakata, and I do miss that one. Um, but it's sort of lagged behind. I mean, I don't re- I don't know it, if they have very many new like games Like, if you look there. at it, it feels long in the tooth. Yeah, it does. But there's some games on there that you can't get anywhere else that I did enjoy. But I, I at this point, I mean, those games don't have strong enough draw for me when I could when there's, you know, t- almost 20 games on Board Game Arena that I haven't played yet that I want to play. Yeah. And and my favorites list is, you know, 35 games long of games that I've played before and would gladly play, you know, at the drop of a hat. I mean, we're playing Tapestry right now, and I. I love tapestry. That you want to try. Yeah, I mean, there's there's everything from games that I'd like to just play again, like Blood Rage um, on, on Board Game Arena. And there's Chicago Express on Board Game Arena. And oh, some man, of these... that's a good one. Some of these games are... They take a long time to play on the tabletop. And on Board Game Arena, you can play an entire game in just a few minutes a day pretty quickly. Yep. It just re- it resolves everything so fast, so... And you don't have to sit there and watch somebody go through their own analysis paralysis. They can take their own turn <laughs> yeah. on the toilet, apparently. Yeah, on the toilet. 
I I will say like one of these times when we try one of the games that's on the want to try list that you and I have, Trevor. I mm-hmm. think we should try to do a, a real-time version of it because I would be very curious to see how that experience ended up being. I would probably say let's do it, but let's skip their voice thing and just use like Discord. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, um, did you know that Tuluva is on Board Game Arena? <laughs> I must have missed it as I was cycling through the six hundred that you've now helped me discover. <laughs> Jeez, I might have to go back and look at Tabletopia again because I just started. I just wandered over while we were talking about oh, it. Oh crap! There. Now we're gonna have two services. There's twenty four hundred games, and some of them are like. Again, I'm gonna have to look at their subscription model again. All right, sorry, Jay. We we wandered far and wide on there. True. Did we convince you at least that we'll try? Um, I'll try a game of Ark Nova with you. Right. Yes. Then you know what? Mission accomplished with this episode. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let us know what you guys think of Board Game Arena or uh, Clans of Caledonia or Carnegie. Carnegie. Yep. And let us know.